I think COVID kind of exposed a few things that said what we did hope in and what we thought our wellbeing was in, even like simplestly going to the football or whatever it might be, was just taken away. So where do we then centre that? Where do we place our hope? Hello, I'm Richard Fox and you're listening to Messages of Hope. Have you ever considered how your wellbeing is going? Or what even is wellbeing? And is it worth looking after and striving for? Today I'm talking with Celia and Anna about wellbeing. What is it? And how can we live well? What is wellbeing? Mm. I mean, you hear it. It's a buzzword. It's a buzzword. People come at it from all different angles. Yeah. So people come at it from a physical thing. Some people come from an emotional thing. Some come from a spiritual perspective. It's actually almost become a pressure in itself. Mm. You know, what is your well-being or have you worked enough on your well-being? Or... Is this good for your well-being? Yeah, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Sometimes well-being is put up on such a pedestal that it's this elite space. You almost got to be Buddha or something or be Jesus <laughs> himself. Mm. It just sounds a lot of boxes to tick. Like, for me, I just want to give up. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> you surrender know... and just go, yeah. Yeah. God help. So you guys, what would you say well-being is? To you, I have this picture in my head of well-being of like just lying on a hammock with a white beach and that's it. To me, I come back to my Christian definition, how I understand it in terms of peace. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus rose from the dead, came to the disciples, first thing he said is peace be with you. Mm. And that has a picture of wholeness, completeness wrapped around it. Now, I know in myself I can't do that. I see all my fears, my failures. So you feel like you up. can't achieve. Yeah, that's right. What does it mean for you, Anna? I think about living life to the fullest is something that I kind of banter around a little bit in my work. And a lot of people think that living life to the fullest is ticking off everything off your bucket list. You know, like, oh, I'm living life to the fullest because I'm filling every minute. doing a, yeah, like Experience. I'm jumping out of an aeroplane because that's what's on my list and I'm living life to the fullest. And so it's kind of like, hey, oh, that's awesome. You should. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, you know, that whole thing of what if I die tomorrow? So today I would have to live my life to the fullest kind of thing. But as I've thought about well-being, about self-care, about mental health, for me, living life to the fullest and so being well is about having hard conversations. It's about saying no. It's about making hard choices. So this idea of living life to the fullest, to me, is about living a, as true and authentic life as possible. Not necessarily striving for, oh, I have to do it all right and I have to get completely healthy and well or whatever in every single area so that I'm perfect, but instead go, well, what does it actually look like for you? Mm. Because it's going to look different for each of us. Do you want to live life to the fullest, but feel like that just adds a whole lot of extra stress, leaving you with a sense of failing all the time? How do we find the balance between striving for well-being, but also being well? I saw a show and they, they were asked to design their best house, their dream home. Mm. And there's people starting and thinking and trying to work it out. All these wonderful rooms and all the movie theatres and all sorts of things. <laughs> and they were just getting nowhere. They were a roadblock. And then they said, hang on. No, I, I'm happiest when I'm just around my family. Yeah. So they said, I'm just going to design a home that incorporates my family. Mm -hmm. And I thought mm -hmm. well-being is almost getting back to that sense of identity and who we are and what's mm -hmm. important yeah. to yep. us. Which comes back to values that I talk about all the time. <laughs> like what is, what is most important to you? And having that as a, I don't really like this word, but measuring stick in the sense of is this whatever that I'm struggling with or that's hard at the moment in my life, is that helping me to honour the thing or people or whatever that's most important? 
So know? it's about reframing your perspective. And where is our identity? Yeah. Like what, what is it that makes us content in who we are rather than that constant striving to be what we think we should be? If you've got that identity clear in who you are, and I know you were talking about your identity in God, that's what I still need to explore. Yeah, I guess that's a, it's a good question for all of us to ask ourselves is what is it that we're having as most important in our life and how does that give us meaning or purpose? Because we can say, oh, you know, I'll be secure in who I am when I achieve the whatever, when I reach the ladder of the whatever, when I can say no, <laughs> like whatever the thing is. When I reach the best job yeah, or get the best, the best house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just striving, isn't it? And it does, it's not mm. necessarily just striving for material things, but it's, we're striving, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're All striving the time. for love. Acceptance. And yeah. acceptance. That's what I think it is. Deep down. And I think... Seeing that it's not something from within us Mm. helps. We either need a friend or a colleague or a family member or we're built for that community. And knowing that God is there, even in our struggles, helps me understand who I am and that he's a loving God, a forgiving God, because as well as he said, peace be with you, there's words of forgiveness Mm. connected there. We, we do fail and fall short. And then sometimes when we do that, we see that, that, oh, is, that our, is that my identity? Am I just a failure? And then we start putting guilt and all sorts of stuff on ourselves. But to have that released from us and say, no, peace, I love you. Those kind of words lifts us and gives us a freedom. Yeah, yeah. but how do I how do I stop stepping back on that treadmill? And that's and the I, wrestle we all have. And that's, that's accepting right. yourself too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's circuit breaking. The, mm. the, the default thinking and action. So what's, what's an example of something you can practically do to go, okay, next time I find myself saying X, Y, and Z, like whatever your words are, should or uh, I'm tired or whatever, whatever I they are. I don't really want to do that on the weekend. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get, how can I get out of it? How can I say so, no? So it's kind of like finding... Use that as a trigger. Yeah, finding markers in your life yep. that help trigger, wait, I don't want to do this. So then you slow down and you go, okay, right. Right now, I don't want to do that on the weekend. So I I have a little toolbox. Yeah. Little toolbox to go into and say, okay, how do I get out of the things I don't want to do without feeling guilt? Yeah. And the facts are that it's never easy Mm. to overcome the things we've always done. It just isn't because our brain Mm. is programmed like that. However, the cool thing is that God created us and our brains to change. And so we can actually overcome that default thinking by finding those markers to be able to be triggers for us to go, wait, I have a choice. I don't have to keep going down this road. I am loved and accepted right here how I am. So anything that I do or don't do from today isn't going to change that love and acceptance Mm. that I have from God. So... I'm free to do whatever the heck I want to do. And for me, it's about realising that the love and acceptance from God is enough. I think where we start walking into trouble is when we say, well, um, I'm God. Yeah. And I can do this mm-hmm. um, or I can't do this. And you start those sentences with I and I and I. I should, I could, I, yeah. you know. And sometimes it's actually, yeah. literally sometimes you getting out of the driver's seat and saying, God, you take it. Yeah. 
where are we going? That's a trust thing too, isn't it? It is. And it's, but it doesn't have to be a blind trust because we hear the promises yeah. that he's got us. Yeah. You're in his arms, mm. you know, and he loves us so much that he would, his own son died for us on a horrific cross. Mm. So to me, that just shows how important we are to him. Yeah. If we weren't, he wouldn't have done any of that. He would have gone, ah, stuff you. Mm. <laughs> I'm all right mm. without you, mm. thanks. Yeah. So yeah. knowing who we are and who's got us mm. can help us in any situation. Paul talks a lot about God's love and grace is sufficient, Yeah, is enough. And I've been reading that lately. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> how does that look practically? Like, I really need love from people, right? I think sometimes we can just be like, God's love and grace is enough. So that means I what don't need a mean? job. And that yeah. means I don't need loving pe- people in my life. <laughs> I don't need to eat breakfast. But actually, we do still need all those other things. But all those other things are gifts from God. Therefore, it's his love and his grace to us. And so that's I don't all, have to strive to get that. And then I thought when God's love and grace is enough for us, by default, that means we will have loving relationships. We will be provided with food and shelter and a job or, you know, opportunities to say no. <laughs> and it's yeah. constantly yeah. <laughs> hearing that we are loved. It's, mm. it's like a wedding day doesn't make a marriage. Yeah. You need to constantly hear it. And like God, Jesus, when he meets those disciples after the resurrection, every time he meets them, the first words he says is, peace be with you. Mm. In other words, don't worry. I'm here. Mm. I've got you. And so all those promises we need to keep hearing again and again and again. Otherwise, we just do get stuck in our own cycle of thinking, what can we do? What can we do? What do we need to do? Because we forget to listen or forget to hear or don't hear it. And hear that peace. Yeah. It is a wrestle and a challenge to understand and grasp that. But I think it is important. I think well-being is touching on something that's at the core of our being and who we are. I think so. It's it's that being present in the the whatever you're in. And so not striving for perfection or not striving for wellness like someone else might be seeking Mm. wellness, but become present with your own life and your own situations and go, what does it look like to be well for me? Mm. Because all of us really will look at that differently. And that's okay. And recognise our own markers. Like you said, that's got to be really big for me. And I think that's something in that. You know, there was a poem given to me when I was a young kid called the Desideratra, but it basically meant don't compare yourself to others Mm -hmm. because there'll always be someone better or worse than yourself. But actually compare yourself to God. Mm. And when we do that, we realise we're imperfect, but we also realise that we're loved Mm -hmm. and he loves us unconditionally and will do anything for us and help us and guide us through. Whatever we're dealing with, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, God has us. You're listening to Messages of Hope. For free PDFs, videos and podcasts about wellbeing, go to messagesofhope.org.au. That's messagesofhope.org.au. Or for a free booklet, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Richard Fox. I hope you can join us again next week for another Message of Hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.